Welcome to the MI Hunting Podcast. This is Two Generations of Hunting, Part 2. I hope you enjoy it. All right, so again, welcome back. You know, this is going to be essentially part two of the conversation that I had with my dad. You know, really this part of the conversation kind of changes a little bit. We start diving into, uh, so I guess some issues or some things that come up in the hunting world that, well, I'll just say it, that, you know, we talk about some of the baiting laws and some of the policies and procedural changes in regards to deer and wolves and predators. Now, uh, you know, having listened back through it again, you know, we didn't really dive into each of these topics or each of these issues um, all that deeply. You know, this was kind of more kind of like barstool conversation about the issues. So we really didn't dive into, uh, you know, a lot of the, you know, the science and research and what, you know, what the policy should really be. Um, we just kind of spitball on kind of what we thought on these types of top topics. And then we kind of just dive in back into kind of telling stories and kind of talking strategy-wise and things to uh, consider um, in the hunting world and what we think kind of going through. So, again, more or less kind of this continuation of the conversation from last week's episode. But, yeah, so hopefully you get something out of it and certainly have your own thoughts on on some of the things we discuss and hope you enjoy the rest of the conversation. Yeah, and you got to what? We got to be careful what we do or what we don't do because you don't know what exactly the, the effect will be good or bad, you know, with the laws and stuff for maybe generations. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mother Nature usually takes care of herself. And then when we intercede and think we're doing something good with these laws and bringing wolves back in the UP and waiting 13 years to get a bear license. It's like, yeah, they're going to cause problems because a bear is just like a big coon. <laughs> yeah. He gets into everything. Yeah. Yeah. Which and, I mean, especially for this area, they're running into that now where they're, they're getting more and more problem bears in the area. So it's eventually they're going to have to change the, they're going to have to allow for more bears to be taken. Right. Especially down here. We got 20 year old bears that never, they have no fear of humans because they've never been hunted. Yeah. I mean, we had that one down running around Myers parking lot, 500 pound bear. And they trapped him, took him to Alpena and came right back. Came right back. Yep. Yeah. So relocating these bears isn't going to work. No, because they, they have their territory and, you know, mm-hmm. I seen it in Montana, trapping grizzlies, taking them up in Canada, you know. And they come right back. Same valley. Like, where'd you come from again? It's his home. He just woke up, put his nose in the wind, and headed back home. Yeah. He almost beat the helicopter back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still laugh about the story about the bear that made it all the way from, I think it was either Wisconsin or Minnesota. One of the two. Must have been Wisconsin. Made it all the way back to Oklahoma. I think it was Oklahoma he went back to. Yeah. It was either that or Arkansas, one of the two. But yeah, that bear tracked all the way through and basically did almost a straight line, cut through, cut, cut through subdivisions, crossed the road, didn't care. He's he's going home. Yep. Of course, yeah. that bear they relocated down to Louisiana, I think, 
got shot like two like shortly after by a hunter. <laughs> Some Cajun like man, he make good broth. Yeah, but yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, that bear ended up getting killed. I think I'm pretty sure it got killed. Yeah, from a hunter after they relocated it. Should have left well enough alone. I was listening to a radio outdoor radio thing, and they hit up the predator, the big, the big predator biologist. You know, and the guy said, "Well, how many how many wolves do we have in Michigan?" The last thing the guy asked him, he said, "Oh, about 590 wolves." And the following week, they had to talk about deer hunting in the UP and like well the deer hunting's down and deer population is down in the UP well you got almost 600 wolves and they eat every day yeah it's like like I said the her Ace Lennon's father probably was in the 60s I think in 60 um probably trapped the last wolf out of the UP and then what happened they let him come back <laughs> yeah now they don't have any deer well wait That's till the wolves cross the ice bridge and get down in the Pigeon River and start eating their precious elk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when there's wolves chasing the elk, that, yeah, the Michigan elk, yeah, oh, yeah. The um, mindset's going to change. There's going to be a far larger outcry. Right. And because of that, the money that the elk bring in, there's probably right. going to be I mean, a change. The wolves have their place in Montana and Alaska and British Columbia and the Yukon. But we, as humans, are now the predators. We balance out the herd. So you start yeah. adding the wolf, and the wolf and the coyote are a much proficient hunter than we are because they hunt. You talk about the deer being alert 24-7. The wolves hunt 24-7. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think with the wolf situation... I think they will have to finally be like, we need to go back to what, you know, we set out to do. Like, yep, like I have no problem with wolves being on the landscape, even if they're down here, but they're going to be managed. Yeah, it's going to be managed. It's going to be manageable size. Like what happened out in Idaho, they had set the goal of like, I think they were wanting like a hundred and some wolves, 150, maybe 200. And because of litigation, they couldn't manage them for years. And they ended up with like a thousand wolves in the state. And then they finally got it opened up to where they could hunt them. And there was big news because, you know, Idaho's trying to kill 90% of the wolves. Well, yeah, because that's where their number was. Like they had far surpassed their projected numbers that they wanted. Right. So then when it came time to where they could kill them, and they need to get it back down to where they wanted it, where they, where the biologists, where the scientists said, this is how many we can have on here, and it won't affect negatively the rest of the habitat or, or the rest of the wildlife. So they yeah. finally got to be able to go back to what the science and what the biologists are saying, this is what's manageable. And, yeah. they, and they were allowed to manage them accordingly. Because, yeah, it's... For some reason, there's a big group of people that are against hunting and don't understand the, the need for hunting predators. They don't understand why you need to hunt wolves or coyotes or trap or hunt bear. Bear's a big one right now. Bear's yeah, somebody's going to get smacked and smacked hard. Some some mushroom hunters, family's going to be out picking mushrooms and somebody's going to accidentally get between a sow and a cub and you get 
between the wrong sow and cubs and here comes the freight train. Yeah, it'll be it'll be an incident where someone's gonna get killed yeah. and then they're gonna have to or it's gonna happen enough times where they're gonna be like, We have to do something about this because yeah. these bears don't fear us anymore. They're right in the middle of town. Yeah. A friend of mine's mother's cousin got taken right off the porch in the UP and ate by a bear. Yeah. Kids were out playing in the yard. Here come the bear. The kids ran for the house. She didn't make it. Yep. Snatched her up and drug her out, huh? Yeah. Killed her. So it does happen. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, bear hunting right now is a big, big hot topic across the country. If you... If you're paying attention to it, there's a lot of hunt, anti-hunting groups that are targeting bear hunting, and they're doing it systematically too. Like, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't, uh, like the one that they wanted to do was like you couldn't bait for them, or you couldn't use hounds on them. That's another big one that they're doing now. You can't hunt bear with hounds anymore. There's a big push to end that. And there's a guy that he's he believes that bear hunting is the doorway for the anti-hunting group to get rid of hunting altogether. So he's big pushing on, you know, have to allow bear hunting. Yeah. If, you know, somebody, been, how many people want to shoot more, more than one bear in their life? There are some avid bear hunters, but most people, oh, I shot a bear. Okay. Yeah, I didn't experience the bear. I don't want to shoot another one. Yeah. Cause most people won't eat it. Some people do. Yeah. Most people won't. Yeah. Don't. I heard a really good argument where it was about the about baiting for bear and how it was it wasn't fair for the bear to bait them. But then they turned around and be like, well, like it's not about what's fair for the bear. Like no. The DNR or the you know the wildlife groups they're putting out that a certain number of bears need to be killed. It's like it's a management tool. It's like, and then you bring a bear in, you can watch it. It's calm. It's eating. You can watch it. You can make sure it's not a sow with cubs. You can determine that this is a big boar or something like that. And you can kill the right bear. They even did a big talk about that out in Washington where there's a big battle for the spring bear hunt. Cause the big argument was that these hunters are shooting sows with cubs and out of, I think it's 500 bear that were killed, guess how many were sows that had cubs? One. One. There was one lactating sow killed for the season. Out yeah. of, I think it was right around 500 bears that they killed. Yeah, and it used to be in Alaska. I don't know if it still is, but if you're out hunting caribou or moose, you see a bear, the DNR want you to shoot it because that's a big predator on the, on the young. Bears yeah. eat a lot of... And I know in Michigan, I know a lot of fall they're being ate by bears. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think, especially for our state, I think that's the biggest predation of fawns is bear. Yeah. Because they're just so, their nose is so good, they can pick them up and. Yeah. You know. And the fawns can't outrun them for sure. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Like people think bears are so cute and cuddly. Like, what's the biggest what's the biggest threat to cubs? A bear. Bear. The male bear. Yeah. Boar will come in there and eat the cubs. Yep. Yeah, they're not. Most people have never seen a bear up close anyway. 
Yeah. They'd think different if, you know, they came eye to eye or face to face with one growling at them. Yeah. I have, so I know what, I, <laughs> what it is. <laughs> yeah. But most people just think of this crazy stuff in the head. They listen to all this crap about Yeah. Yeah, that's... They've never seen a wolf take down a deer and rip it apart while it's still crying and whining and... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a... There's a, a social media group. It's called Nature Nature is Metal. And their whole thing is showing the the more violent and dark sides of nature. Yeah. Yeah. Nature is cruel. Yeah. There's there's one video of a, a bear eating a... Uh, I think it's a... I think it's an elk calf. And it's just wailing and wailing. The bear just eating away. Just waiting. Yeah, just eating away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's videos of deer eating baby birds. and. Yeah. Like, yeah, these these animals are surviving. They're not. It's not like the movie Bambi where they're all grouped up in pals. No. No. Yep. Just like, you know, they say it. I've heard hunting talk shows about, you know, they talk about the lack of partridge well it's the habitat well yeah we've a, talked about this yeah to a point but in the 60s and 70s and early 80s when the fur prices were high we had a lot of birds because everybody trapped i mean fox were worth 65 dollars you know bobcat 100 dollars and all this stuff and you made i know guys that bought brand new trucks on muskrat money down in saginaw that big flood down on them yeah because when you trap and you set traps, say, well, you fox trapping or coyote trapping, the first thing you get is the possums and the skunks. Well, a ground nesting bird doesn't have a chance. You got possums, skunks, coons, coyotes, bobcats, mink will eat eggs, weasels, everything will eat the eggs. So, what yep. are you gonna do? And now I, and people are going, you, we don't see as many turkeys as we used to. Well, <laughs> all the partridge are gone, pheasants are down to just about none. So they just keep moving up the food chain. Turkeys are bigger, have bigger eggs. So yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. They've never t- seen a coon in a chicken coop killing chickens. <laughs> they don't realize how vicious a coon can be. Believe me. Yeah, coon can be very vicious. Yeah, yeah, we've had this discussion before about oh. yeah, that I think you're totally right on it. I think the fact that the predators are up and especially too, like the predators are up, the habitat if you if your argument is the habitat, then that's making it easier for the predators. Right, cuz it so, concentrates the their yep. food source. Yep, or they ha- or they have the nest in poor locations where you're right. they're easy they're easy to pick off. Yeah. yeah. There's no woodcock anymore and another ground nesting bird, little fuzzy woodcock. Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, I think you're right. If they want to address the, the game birds, then they need to address both issues. Like yeah, habitat's great. Do habitat work, but you got to control those predators. Got to control the predators. Yep, I think you're totally right in that regard. <laughs> I've trapped mink where I followed them down, uh, river banks in the snow, and they're right on a rabbit track. And soon, pretty soon, there's the hare. The mink, the rabbit was. Hiding underneath a bush, and the mink got him, ate him. Went in there after him, huh? Yeah. Yep. You see the blood and the hair. Mink are very vicious little critters. Ask anybody, the old-timers used to raise mink. They used to be mink farms, oh, fox right. farms. Yeah. yeah, those little critters are vicious. <laughs> <laughs> they think of nothing to tackle a rabbit and eating them. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's interesting these days for sure with the outlook of hunting and the pushback from, like I said, anti-hunting groups or people that just don't they don't live out. They don't live out here. They don't. Right. They don't understand. They don't hunt, so they don't understand. They don't. Mother Nature. Yep. Yep. But hopefully, with with different hunting shows now that they're doing more with educating and showing that the other side of it and how things actually work out, you know, out in the wild. Hopefully that helps. Yeah. Now they've turned toward like even the fishermen now are getting to realize that, you know, they got a selective harvest. Yep. Um, body of mine said, you know, I only keep the hatchery raised fish. I turn the natural, you know, cause the hatchery raised fish has got a clip fin. Yeah. Oh, so but it's got to catch a fish. Doesn't have clip fin. It's a natural reproduction. Have better genetics, better way to fend off disease. He said, "I turn it loose." Yeah, that's the other big thing too. Like kind of like what you told the story about with Grandpa with the hunter brook trout. Like, yeah, you can't do that these can't days. Can't do it anymore. Me and uh, me and Mike one year, we caught. We didn't. He didn't count anything under five pounds on the river. Of the steelhead, and we caught 150 steelhead, and we didn't. That actually, we caught more because we had the little what we call five pounds to, or more. Yeah, yeah, the two pound skippers we used to call them. And I like, I think back, like God, that was the dumbest thing. I would never do that again. But the river was full of fish. Yeah, and we just we caught 150, 150 steelhead. Two guys, just two guys, in one winter, and you can't do that anymore. Yep. I think you're right too. I think guys are, you're learning that, yeah, if you catch a big one, you know, a larger, a larger fish, then you turn that one back loose because that's your breeder. That's your big spawner, yeah. Yep. Turn it loose. Yep. You keep the ones that are just legal or the good eaters, essentially. And yep. You know. Keep on. You want to eat. If you catch five, turn the other four back. You know, we have better population of birds and fish and deer and, but you got to control certain things. Yep. I think a lot of it comes down to, I don't know. I think you got to rely on trusting the biologists quite a bit and understand that when they say that you can't do certain things that maybe you should stop and think about it and figure out why they say that. Cause like certain things like the, like with CWD and the baiting and stuff like that, like especially with, the biologists I've talked to so far and the information I've got about like supplemental feeding, like I think they're right that yeah, supplemental feeding or feeding deer throughout the winter, it's probably not the best thing to do because you, you potentially cause more harm than good. But then when it comes to baiting, I'm, I think of that if you limit the amount of bait that you can put out to where, you know, you only have a couple of gallons maybe or enough to be there for the hunt. I always even think about this hearing some other guys talk about it where if it was only enough bait that when you came back the next day, it was essentially gone. I think that, I think that's uh, something that they should be allowed to do because really, yeah, I don't know. It's baiting and with the CWD threat and stuff like that, that gets, you get down the weeds really quick with that. But I think that, if you put out a little bit of bait, just enough for attraction, but it's not enough to draw in more deer than what's already in the area, then you should be able to do that. 
But I don't know. I have a mixed feelings about the CWD stuff. Um, it, we heard about it in the 80s out west. Did it kill all the deer? Yeah. It didn't. Yeah. It's been, you know. Yeah, the, the only thing that... And the deer, you feeding the deer, and if they're going to be nuzzle to nuzzle, they're going to be nuzzle to nuzzle in a... You know, you ever see them spread out in a 40-acre cornfield? No, they're usually right together. Family groups, there are family groups, and then when this family group walks away, this family group walks over where they're at and eats where they just ate. And yeah, and that's why, again, I think with, like, baiting, as long as it's not to where you're drawing in more deer than what's already there yeah. and have an increase in the congregation that the habitat can't even sustain anyways, then that's a problem. Because then, yeah, they're, you're going to run into where, especially during the winter time, if it becomes a hard winter, you're going to end up with more dead deer than what yeah, you were helping. You don't want to strand deer up in some place where they can't. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, even though you're providing food for them, they can't eat, you know, that whatever you're providing for them. Like, they're going to have to browse on other things. Yeah. And they're going to over-browse. And then, then, yeah. But hopefully I get, I got to reach That's out to them. That's why they let baiting still going on in the UP because they... Everything got so over-browsed that mm -hmm. the deer would get in one spot, browse it all off, and then be stranded there. Yeah. And then the wolves came in and just like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's bad when you can go into an area and you can duck down about three feet and you can just see all, all the branches and everything eating right down. Yep. Yep. But yeah, so we'll see. I think with, I think people are getting educated though and. Yeah, less and less and less hunters, and a better. I think it's a better educated hunter yep. doing what they should be doing. Yep. Yep. I agree. I mean, hell, even just me. Like, I remember you wouldn't even hunt where I told you to hunt for years. Like, <laughs> hey, uh. it's like, were you killing any deer, Ty? Yeah. It's like you had to, but you had to learn like everybody else had to learn. Yep. And, uh, this is, yeah, I definitely thought I knew more than I did. Uh, that's everybody. Yeah. I know Petra, people hunted all their life and never killed a deer, never killed a buck because they haven't took time to learn what they're doing. And I was lucky. I had good teachers. Well, I think I'm pretty lucky too. I got a pretty good teacher as well. I don't know how many times. Yeah. I think about it, like, <laughs> God dang, he's right. <laughs> God dang. What the hell is that doing? Should have listened. Yes. You know, it's just, you just got to learn like, oops, that wasn't the thing to do. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, uh, embraced the fact that you're going to fail far more than you're going <laughs> yeah, to succeed. Yeah, definitely. You're going to fail. You're going to fail a lot more than you succeed, especially when you're after the white tail. Yeah. But yeah, you just, uh, if you start learning how to track and stalk, hunt, it's, um, You'll be starting to, you could go in an area that you're not familiar with, pick up a track, and kill the deer. Yep. You can go on state land. You can, because most people, like Vernon, he could, like, this is a buck I'm tracking. And if when he was tracking this deer, if he ran a, another buck track, he knew that that buck wasn't the one he's tracking, and he'd just carry on until yep. he caught up that deer. Yeah, I've been looking into it. Yeah, and I mean... 
Yeah, and the only the way you blood. get and the only way you get good at that is do it. Is follow a lot of tracks. Follow a lot of track because those bloods, like I tell you, for years they were notorious. For years, well known for years, they'd make videos and show people how to do it. Like man, they kill, and they wouldn't kill little buck. They kill big buck. Yeah, and they'd get their rifle and take off and yep. get on a track and stalk hunt till they caught up with the deer because he'll stop. You know, just like in the bluffs, if you hunt, you stop and get before you go over that ridge, you peek over there and see. You might see that buck laying on the other side of the ridge. Yeah. Yeah. But these people that would just walk through the woods, they barely ever see it. They might kick some does up or kick the deer up, but yeah, or they'll or they'll see the tracks of them running off. Yeah. Never see the deer. Never see the deer. Yeah, I ran into that. Can't walk through the woods. I ran into that where. Okay. This was, I think when, I think when we just moved back from Ohio, and I went out and tried hunting the bluffs by myself, and I started pushing some deer. And every time I'd crest the hill, I would see them cresting the next yeah, one. Hill. Yep. And yeah, there was no way I was going to catch up to them the way I was doing it. But, but you know, you, you learn. You yeah. Know, hunting's an art. You have to learn, and you know. Yep. Just like trapping. You trap, you got to learn no scent, man. You think deer bad. Try catching coyote or something. I mean, you can't spit. You can't do nothing. You take the, you make a set, any leftover dirt, you got it on the canvas, you walk over and throw it away. You can't leave it there. Cause, uh, yeah. And once they get their little toes pinched. Mm, yeah. And uh, then you educate them and they're diggers. They'll dig the trap out. They'll know it and dig it out, flip it out, and then... <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I uh, I was talking to a coworker of mine, and he does he likes to do a lot, or he doesn't do a lot of coyote hunting, but he he hunts coyotes. That's one of the best things I I like to hear these guys going out hunting coyotes. Yeah, but uh, he was uh, I don't know if you talked to a guy or heard a guy talking about, um, and this guy was a big coyote hunter. Like he'd go across the country and hunt coyotes, and just he'd shake his head like, yeah, Michigan is one of the hardest states to. The call in a coyote. He's like, other states, you put on a call, they'll come they'll running. Come, come running, yep. He's like, here? He's like, mm, they're educated, man. Yeah. Yeah, they, they're used to, well, that and, I mean, I know for years it was see a coyote, kill a coyote. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, during hunting season, yeah, coyotes getting shot at all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember this one set in this gravel pit. I think he not going to step on those rocks. He's got to come right down. It's like a little V, natural little V. And I set that trap, put the dirt hole there, put a step and stick there. Yeah, I'm going to get this coyote. Went back the next day, nothing. Went back the next day. And on the wet sand, because it was in the gravel pit, that coyote walked around and stepped on those rocks. You know how long it would take him to, because they don't want nothing wiggling or anything to put, the, put his foot down. That's stable. Take his next foot and I'll be, I'll be doggone. <laughs> he was climbing on the rocks to avoid the trap, huh? Yep. Something <laughs> told him there was a trap there. He wasn't something. And he walked around on those rocks. Doing things you never think a coyote would do. Never gonna step on that. The the rocks they don't like anything wiggling or nothing underneath. They don't want anything unstable underneath his feet. And he did it. I seen the prince in the wet sand where he walked on the rock. 
<laughs> yep. <clears throat> it's like something else, man. Yeah. But yeah, when I start, when I teach you how to trap coyotes and fox, you can't. You got to be clean, real clean. Water trapping doesn't matter. Coyote, fox, you got to be clean. Yeah. Coyote got, doesn't matter. Coyote, fox, it matters. Yeah. I need to look at the regs again about <laughs> beaver trapping on public land because I know of a couple spots out on the state land by the house here where some beavers have been doing some work. I know they're in there. Well, get a hold of Bob Johnson. If he ain't doing nothing, when you get ready, call him up. Say, Bob, I want you. Take me over. I got a spot. He's a good He's a good beaver trapper. Yeah. Bob's a good water trapper. All right. And I'm sure he'd be more than happy to show you. All right. But I was never much of a water trapper. I can't. A few mink, boss crap. But I, I always liked coyotes and, and fox. And I just caught bobcat. Bobcat are easy because they're stupid. As long as you can get them, <laughs> as long as you can get them near the trap, because they don't they don't have a nose like a fox or a coyote or a deer. They're kind of they don't smell very well, but they can see. So that's why you gotta have yeah. some kind of. I was listening to a biologist that um, this predator trapping, and she kind of said the same thing. She's like, "Oh yeah, the cats are really easy." Yeah, he's like, she she even said like, "Yeah, in the trap, a little bit of like chicken or something like that for the bait, and then." She'd get like some tinsel or a yeah. cat toy or something like that. Some, yeah. some visual, like a feather or something the, like that. She's like, oh, yeah. Sparkles in the sun or something. Yeah. She's they, like, yeah, let's get some that flashes and yeah. you'll get them. They're, they're a cat. Curiosity <laughs> killed the cat. Same as a cat. Cat. Cat's a cat. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. Listeners say that. They're like, yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty stupid. <laughs> yeah. They're not that smart. They're pretty easy to catch. Yeah. That, that and she's like, yeah, they don't, they don't have this. She's like, yeah, like, look at their faces. Like, they got that crunched up nose. Yeah, they don't have all the, <laughs> yeah, they're not like a like a dog or a wolf or something. They have that long nose. To, yep. But, yeah, they're pretty easy to catch. But, yeah, no, it was, I always think back about going out with you when you check your traps and stuff like that. All the bycatch. <laughs> yeah. I, I do remember the one cat you caught down at the farm. That was, that was quite a fiasco trying to get that cat out of the trap. Yeah. Try a badger. Try to get a badger out of the trap. It gets a little exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Take a square wash tub, put it over him, and pull his foot out, unhook his foot, and run. Because <laughs> he's coming out underneath that thing just really mad. <laughs> I do, do want to get back and uh, just doing kind of all of that stuff. The price of fur is not much. Not hardly worth paying for the gas, but a lot of guys still hobby trap, which is good. You got to keep down the predators, and a lot of guys are coyote hunting. That's I really like to hear that. Yeah, fox and coyote at night. But yeah, you got to have time to do that. You know, if you're yeah, working, it's hard to do that. But yeah, no, I got a whole set of tur- uh, not turkey decoys, duck decoys that buddy gave me, and never even went out once. It takes time. I mean, all this. I'm consuming. Dad, I spent too much time with the deer hunting. <laughs> you got to do what your passion tells you to do. Yeah. yeah. Some I'm guys a- are dying the wool duck hunters, and some guys are dying the wool deer hunters, and some guys are dying the wool trappers. And I knew a guy that in Iowa that could probably shoot every big buck he saw, but he didn't like shooting a buck. He said, you guys go shoot those old bucks. I want something good to eat. And he'd, he'd shoot <laughs> the does. Like, I ain't shooting a buck. 
Um, he's a good shot. He could shoot. Yeah, I believe I should, a number of feather hunts with him, and he was a good shot. Yeah, all tough and full of them, full of them hormones. Yeah, he said, man, you guys are crazy. He said, why don't you <laughs> shoot a doe, something you can eat, tastes good. <laughs> he wouldn't shoot a buck. He thought that was silly. But the big goal is now to get Ashley. Get yeah, her get deer. A, Ashley, your first deer, and hopefully she, you know. I still don't understand why she was videotaping the eight point at time instead of shooting it. It's like shoot the, the yeah. I think the purpose of this being out in the woods is shoot the deer, not videotaping the deer, Ashley. Yeah, but I don't know. I think she was somewhat thinking that that wasn't big enough deer to shoot, not because like it was too big or too small for her to shoot. I think she was thinking like, hey. The goal of getting out the farm is to try to get bigger deer on the farm, so I'm not going to shoot this oh, younger one. Gonna, he, so she was worried. I don't know if she was worried, but she was thinking, this is a younger deer. I don't want Ty and Dad mad at me for shooting. Those. Like, shoot them, shoot them. Yeah, yeah. Which <laughs> It's a legal deer, man. Shoot them. Yeah, I've talked to her about that. It's like, yeah, it's like especially for your for your first one, shoot, shoot. whatever gets your heart excited. Cause, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's about That's what deer hunt is about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, I don't know. Like, that's, that's like that South Dakota buck. Like, he's not the biggest buck. Not the biggest buck I saw either, but he got my heart racing and I couldn't stop him. Two, two antlers. Yeah, he had two antlers. <laughs> well, one and a half. <laughs> one and a half. Well, still, <laughs> that's all right. That's but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, got, yeah. And that's why I have no regrets on shooting that buck because, yeah. He, he, I want to pull the trigger on that buck, so I yeah, pulled the pull trigger, trigger on that buck. Yeah. That's the other thing, too. I think a lot of, I've listened to some other guys talk to, and they're like, yeah, it's like that's part of the issue with some of these hunt shows that people are holding out on these bigger deer when they don't have the experience on shooting other deer. They don't shoot does or something like that, where, I mean, it's really easy to mess up shooting at a deer. And then when you got a big buck in front of you. Yeah, I know guys can get. Get all sorts I, of broken up where. I, I don't understand it. But I've seen it happen time and time again. I, I, and I try to explain to them, you got the scope on the deer. Concentrate on keeping the scope on the deer. Take a deep breath. Slow your heart rate. Con keep concentrate there. Don't concentrate on what that gun's going to do. Just And just start squeezing. And you'll never know when the gun goes off. But I want your concentration... The scope on that deer. The scope on the deer. Yeah. Because I never get excited. I've shot a nice deer and stuff, and yeah, I don't do it. Yeah, my I, issue is is that I get excited when I'm waiting for the opportunity to be able to like get the rifle on them or draw the bow back. Fortunately, once I'm there, then everything slows down for me, and I can focus on what needs to be done. But like even that, even that six point I killed a couple of years ago. I mean, when he was coming in, and I had my bow in my hand. I'm just shaking, and then finally, when he got to a position where I was able to draw back, once I got draw back in my anchor point, just smooth. Yeah, I seen. I was watching a show, a very well-known show, and the guy was hunting elk in Washington. Professional hunter, and. He made a couple mistakes, and I'm thinking, why are he, you know, he's talking about when you're bow hunting, you want to be in front of the brush, not behind the brush, 
because it reduces your shot potentials. So, but if you're going to be in front of the cover, I don't know why he wasn't in a ghillie suit. <laughs> he was standing there with his bow. But what I noticed was that arrow, he was shaking so bad that the tip of that arrow was quivering. Yeah. You could see it. That's how fire was moving. Like the guy just, you know, and, and, it, and the elk saw him and took off. Then the next time he got behind the brush and then he made a bad shot. Took him two days to find it. Uh, luckily, another guide found the elk, saw the body, and hollered, you know, hey, over here. Yeah. But sometimes I wonder, these professional hunters, I don't know if it's because they can go somewhere else and do another filming, but I just, sometimes I wonder Yeah. what they're thinking. But well, I mean, I guess there's two sides to that. I mean, the fact that he was still shaking at least shows that he's still super excited about it. I mean, I've seen some few hunt shows where they're just like, yeah, like 160 inch buck, man. Like, what? Like, that is a monster deer and you're barely excited about it? Like, it's like, oh, yeah, we put a good shot and do it, go through all like their sponsors or something like that. It's like, yeah, that's you, you, you find that when they got the money to go all these places to hunt these big. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I, and I wonder. How many of these places are can hunts? Yeah, I don't know. There was a couple of guys in the 80s. Dan Fitzgerald, Noel Feather. He should be big buck. Do these videos. And me and Dick Robolson watching this video, and I go, God, that deer, that buck, he just looks something, something different. Something different. Yeah. Well, one. Too, like the following year, they got busted for drugging deer. Tranquilize them, put them in the cage, open the cage. The deer would like kind of half asleep, walk out, and poof, they'd shoot them. Like, oh, he uh, killed this big buck. Oh, my goodness. True story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the steps that people go through to for the fame and glory. Fame of, and fortune, yeah. You know. It's like, I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah. You can go even so far as, well, maybe, maybe we don't need to get into this subject with the Ron Polo buck. Some people think that the mantlers are glued on or screwed no. on or something. i tell you a story about that. And I know Mitch Rampola. And I know, I remember when he killed that buck. And Mitch Rampola, for what anybody says about Mitch, Mitch Rampola, he was a good deer hunter. He understood buck and i know he was seeing that buck in july or august before he killed it and vernon bailey looked at that buck you know vernon bailey said that's the real deal it's the real deal yeah i showed you pictures of that you mm -hmm. know mitch with that buck yeah yeah he killed a lot of big bucks ah, not only here in in missouri where he's from yeah no yeah, but yeah, there's definitely the <laughs> potential for people to, because there I was another guy. Jealousy. There was Yeah, there was another guy that, I don't remember when it was, but there was a story about how a guy, he... Uh, Probably the Hanson buck? Was it the Hanson buck? Mm, no, this was a different guy. This guy got caught almost immediately. He basically got, he bought a set of antlers from someone. Oh, no, it wasn't that. And then uh, did some taxidermy work and, well... 
the guy that sold the antlers to him recognized him was like no he didn't shoot that deer i sold him those antlers yeah but yeah, yeah some guy was trying to get some fame yep yeah but yeah get yeah. i don't that's know that's ridiculous yeah mm. but i mean someone's trying to make money yeah i don't know yeah guy over at, down by ben's own you're down on the river shot this big buck but he shot it with a gun instead of a bow and it's hanging down in cadillac at the nature center down there big 11 point is a big yeah buck, but yeah that temptation though god yeah oh, i i just can't see how you can brag about something that right you killed illegally or yeah but there's a lot of guys out there that would do it but mm. it's just too bad you yeah. know some people hunt all their life to kill a big buck and never get a chance yeah because it's location and genetics and if you're not hunting there i don't care you can hunt 100 years and if they're not there you're not gonna kill one oh yeah oh yeah no i've especially with trying to hunt out in the state land like i've learned it's like it's a lot like fishing like there's a lot of woods out there and a lot of it you can just be like well they're not gonna be here right they're not here can't, can't knock it off dude <laughs> you gotta be if you're gonna kill a big buck you gotta be where the big bucks live well, yeah here i'll even show you like on my little app like i map out like basically all the good spots to be and you can see like there's spots where where they're gonna be and there's spots where they're not yeah and this spot there i i more or less, i didn't walk through all that because that's like saplings and whatnot that you can't hardly walk through but the whole rest of this area i mapped out and there there and there's where all the sign was you could walk through all that there's nothing there right right so it's just like yeah i think I think you're on point with that. I think I think I think you're right on those five things. It just and if you don't have one of those, you probably won't have a big buck. Yeah, or or it certainly decreases your chances where you're not gonna be consistent with it. Right, right. Because once you get that established in an area, unless they do a a cut or something happens and somebody builds a house there. It's going to stay the same. Yep. You know? Yep. And probably even get worse. Yeah. If you're not doing anything to maintain it, you're just going to have, you know, mature timber with no real value. Yeah. At least for wildlife anyways. Yeah. But yeah. Everything's got to line up or it doesn't happen. <laughs> like I said, you got to do everything right and then they got to make a mistake. I was going to say, don't. even that, even if everything lines up, you can still mess it up. Yeah. You got to do everything right. Got all you got those five things. You got to do everything right, and they got to make a mistake. If they don't make a mistake, you're not gonna get them. They, they still got to make a mistake, and nope. big bucks rarely make a mistake, unless you're a very, very, very good deer hunter. I mean, you find a buck. You don't look at any other buck. You try to get as close as you can to their bedding area and learn their movement and you know like bernie he killed two bucks yeah i killed both of them like you killed both of them yeah 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 he, it seemed like every every year he'd stop by and he'd always be on one yeah and then yeah a lot of times oh yeah yeah got him got him yeah yeah i got him yeah, yeah. yeah sometimes yeah sometimes you'd say it took him a while but yeah sometimes they take him two or three days but eventually 
he get close to him. Remember that one buck? He goes, yeah, I was standing there. And he says, I know that buck's here somewhere. And he's looking. All of a sudden, crash, crash, crash. And up the buck jumps. And that was the first one. The second one, he tracked, picked it up in the valley, tracked it all the way to 669, went around Paul Hammond's property, picked that deer up again and killed that deer. This takes a whole bunch of getting out there and doing it and failing a bunch. Yeah. And hope that you learn something. And learn. Yeah. Once you get it down like the blood, that's how they hunt. This is how we hunt. We don't do anything else. And they teach our kids and their grandkids. This is how you do it. Once you learn, that's the way you do it. And you'll be successful. Yeah. You want to shoot all little bucks all your life? It's possible. But you'll never learn how to shoot a big buck if you shoot little bucks. If you shoot does first deer you see does you're never going to see the buck as i guarantee you he'll turn and go the other way he won't come out and feel like what happened what happened <laughs> right <laughs> are you ill <laughs> you know yeah you just turn and slowly walk away and never stealth right out of there oh yeah well that was even like the, the first big buck i got i mean that younger buck he came right out ran past him i can't believe that deer didn't run off the only the only thing that was the saving grace is he was on that that trail of them does. Those, yeah. Because that deer ran past him probably about five feet away. He's looking around like, what, what are you running for? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was pretty lucky there. Just happened to be. He just made a mistake. Yeah. If he had run, you never got him. So. Yeah. That's they make a mistake. If that buck would have stayed over on that east side, I'd have never shot him. Yep. I couldn't, I just couldn't. My scope was just messed up. He was, he was a safe deer until he made a mistake. Yep. Yeah, he got that, he got that, uh, that BS1 in his nose and yeah, had to check he it had out. Yeah, to come. But he I, smelled that. I think that's exactly what he did. He smelled that and he, he made it to the edge of that hill and thought they were going to be down in that valley. That little, the yeah. little dip and he didn't see them. Yep. He stood there and I shot once and then he had to get out of there. Yeah. And he's gonna run for this. He put his he, nose in the wind and run. Cause I've seen I've seen deer run across open fields. People shooting at him, run right across the open field, crosswind, picking up the, picking up all the scent right out in the open. Yeah, yeah. That's the big thing that I've learned too, especially this year. Is yeah, trying to get that crosswind or, I mean, really, yeah. It's, you almost want to get a win that's almost in the deer's favor. Like where it's yeah. almost to the yeah. point where yeah. if they are 10 feet one way or the other, they're going to smell you. Yeah. See, that's the way I, that's why I hunt. I mean, a lot of people say that's wrong. You, you want that wind in your face. I don't want that wind in my face. Cause you know what, you know, what's standing behind me, smelling me, the <laughs> yeah. buck that or he's going to turn and walk away and I'll never see him. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've seen a lot where deer are walking crosswind. I mean, the big buck that I saw at the state land this year twice was more or less heal a crosswind for him. Yeah. The Which the only thing that threw me off is the fact that I had basically the same conditions on two different days and he came from two different directions. I don't it's know. like when I'm bird hunting, I put the dogs into the wind. Yeah. Or crosswind. You don't want the dog going with the wind. You want him <laughs> into the wind. Uncle Mike was telling me about that last time I was over there talking about um I forget what dog it was he said yeah he's like I let her out if she if she uh just stood there and didn't point as soon as she got out of the truck like I got her back in the truck and 
Yeah, because he said, yeah, he'd just be on the downwind side of whatever he wanted to hunt. Mm-hmm. He's like, if that dog didn't smell it and didn't start pointing right away, right. Like, there's no birds in there. And right. so he, he said, yeah, he'd go pack, <laughs> pack her back up and until yep. he found a point where she was pointing you at the edge point. of the road. Yep. You All can right. tell when she smelled a bird. Probably lady. She'd do on this crouch like a, a lion. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to sneak in. Yeah, she would. Crouch. <laughs> Craziest thing you ever saw. But yeah, he, that's funny because yeah, he's a he, he told me that story. That like yeah, he's like just put the dog downwind of him, and if she didn't point, there's nothing in there. Nothing Don't in you bother there. hunting. That's right. No, no sense wasting your time. Go where she go. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's it is a different animal when you try to trying to go after the bigger deer though. Oh, definitely. Because yeah, they don't. There was a guy I listened to. He was talking about it, how like uh, um, like the different senses a deer needs to have or stimuli for them to bust out of there. So like, uh, like a fawn needs sight, smell, and hearing. Like needs all three. Like if a fawn sees you, they probably won't spook. But if they smell you and hear you, then at that time they'll probably spook. Like a doe and like a like a year and a half old buck, they either need to smell you or hear you or see you and smell you or hear you and see you, and then they'll bust out. It's like, but a mature buck only needs one. He's, yeah. If they hear you, they're going to bust. They smell if they you, smell they're going to bust. bust. And if they hear yeah, you, they're going to bust. They're going to bust. So, yeah, like those, those, those older bucks. And he talks about, too, it's like, yeah, it's like the reason why those bucks are so much more difficult is because they're independent thinkers. Mm-hmm. Like they're on their own yeah. most of the year. Right. They're making decisions on their own. They're like, they don't, they don't rely on the safety the, of the herd. Right. Right. Or the family group is like, so yeah, they're, they, they don't take the chances. Yeah. They don't stop to think, well, am I wrong? No. Whether they think they're wrong or not, they're getting out of there. Yeah. Or, and that's why a lot of times too, like I think that if you catch one of those senses, they'll do that, like run and then look back. So they mm-hmm. bust out like, oh, and then they stop and look back, try to figure out what it was. Yeah. So they just know something wasn't right. They yep. get out of there. And then they try to figure it out. They figure few, it out later. Yeah. hundred yards down the road. Yeah. But, but yeah. an old doe too, you know, those smart old does that come in, they, they learn <laughs> to look at trees. They're not stupid. <laughs> yeah. I, I still laugh. I listened to a guy talk. He was a, an Iowa hunter and he came to Michigan. He's like, he's like, yeah, he looks like you. Like you Michigan guys always talk about how deer are looking up. He's like, that, you know, I think that's bullshit. He's <laughs> like, I'll be damned. He's like, these deer. He's like, I thought this doe was going to have an aneurysm. <laughs> He's like, he was the nervous thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. He's like, and this little year and a half old buck looked up at me. Yeah. He's like, it's like, jeez. Yeah. I do a guy that actually quit hunting in trees and he would, he would dig a pit and hunt. And the girl. Yeah. He said, I don't care if the hole's coming from above out to the bottom or up to the, you know, he said, yeah. I got an exit entrance hole that's going to bleed out or I'm going to. Yeah. There's something to that ground hunting though. Cause yeah. I mean, yeah. Like if you're, if you're able to hide behind some brush or, or hide your movement or don't stand out, those deer get, they can get really close. Cause even, well, this year, I was in that ghillie suit on the ground. I just got into a new spot where I wanted to sit. Those deer came running through. And I mean, 
I was, long story short, there was a buck chasing after a doe. I was running parallel with him. And yeah, yeah. then you care like the doe. I was kind of in the midst of like these cedars and I, was, I wasn't next to a tree. I was just kind of standing there, but in the ghillie suit, she saw me. I even drew on her and she didn't even spook. Yeah. She just couldn't figure out what I was and couldn't figure out if I was a threat or not. Yeah. Like Bill said, he said, you're in a tree, you're set. And especially a cold day is going down. Oh. If I'm in a pit. All my scent is in the pit. It's yeah. not going anywhere else. That's true. Yes. Yeah. If you're doing a, an evening hunt or something like that, where those thermals are pulling that scent down. He said, all the scent is in that hole that I'm in. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I never even thought about. And he said, oh yeah, you got an entrance hole. You, a lot of times if you're shooting, you'll get an entrance hole up high, but it won't go all the way through if you don't get a path through. He said, but when I'm hunting from the ground, I always have. <laughs> it's always lower. Yeah. It's always lower. Yeah. He said, it always bleeds. I said, I don't love those deer. Even if it don't go past through, I got blood. Yeah, it's bleeding down. Yeah. Hmm. Pouring out. Yeah. Yeah, that ground hunt, though, is fun, though, too. You get you get eye level with them. and Yeah, I've seen deer. That, actually, does. I've seen doe. Had a doe get down on her belly and crawl to cover. She got <laughs> caught out in the field. She saw me. She crouched down, and she just crawled on her belly i just watched i just watched her and when she got to cover jumped up and ran but she actually <laughs> watching me doing a combat crawl across the field huh? yeah doing a combat crawl she was watching me all the time but she crawled to that cover got up and ran was that down the farm or somewhere else no that was actually behind the cherry mold driving when i hunt down there you come she got there's a little opening i used to a big white pine tree used to sit under it's all open and they'd come out of that swamp and she'd come out and she realized oops and she crawled back <laughs> yeah you heard stories about that though of guys talking about like especially if they're hunting power lines or something like that yeah watch a buck or something creep through and yeah. That duck down or something like that and make his way through the opening. It's fun. Oh, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Best fun you can have. Especially when you actually kill a nice big buck. Yeah. You win. So, so many times you lose. It's yeah. great when you win. Yeah. I was listening to the guy talking. He's he's something pretty good. He's like he's like yeah, if it wasn't for the lows, he's like the highs would never be as high. He's like yeah. you you bust your butt all season long or something yeah. like that or you're hunting a certain deer and then it finally comes together yeah they it's finally like, make a mistake and you do everything right do everything yeah. right do everything right do everything right do everything right boom you do everything right and they make a mistake yep yep that was one lesson too i've had to learn over the couple of years too is like if i picked a spot i had to remind myself like there's a reason i picked this spot it was the best spot that I think for the time. If it doesn't work out, then it just didn't work out. Nope. It was like, stop second guessing it and yep. thinking I picked wrong. Like even though, because that was at the time that was the best decision with the information I had. Yeah. So was, yeah, don't beat yourself up over if you did if you didn't see anything or if it didn't work out. Because all right, we're almost in the two hour mark. Oh, there we. And we still yeah yeah we're at hour fifty one. So, and covered I, a lot of stuff. 
<laughs> I know. We could just keep talking all day too. I'm sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. But uh, I think we need to grab some lunch because I Kim already checked in on us. Oh yeah, she, yeah. when she waved at us, so yeah. she's probably wondering what the heck we're doing. Yeah, so we're talking deer hunting, talk like that. Luckily, there are a couple other guys down here. We talked till midnight. Oh, I know. I thought about that. I gotta have a sit down with Uncle Mike and Corey and talk hunting with them. Especially with how animated Uncle Mike gets with his stories. Yeah. You gotta go over to Bob's too and sit down and talk to Bob because he's hunted. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta get I don't over. know how many racks that man has, how many big bucks he's oh, killed, but I know. Him and him and Jimmy both. Jeez. Yeah, Jimmy just yeah, all this is all the Michigan. Oh, this is out of state. Like, yep. Jeez, oh, peace. That's, yeah. that's a lot of hunting. There's a lot of hunting. A lot of money, but a lot of hunting. Because, you know, you got the five things. Sometimes you got to go where the five things are. Yeah. You're going to kill a big buck. And like Bob said, these are all the Michigan. This is what you, before the point restriction. Yeah, yeah. You see spike horns, four points, six points. Once in a while, a, a halfway decent eight point. Yeah. And you look, these are the Canadian bucks, the 10 points, yeah. 12 points. Yep. No, I think we're getting there. I mean, yeah, we, you're seeing more and more bigger deer. So I think, I think I'm optimistic that mission will become a, a big buck state sooner than later. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause you know, at the processors, I asked, he goes, yeah, we've Bohan got a number of 200 pound bucks. So we're getting, we're getting age. Yep. A lot of age, but yeah. Cause I mean, so the, the thing we have to do as hunters is learn how to hunt better or not to say you or I am not a good buck, big buck hunter, but a lot of people out there that are hunting deer have to learn how to hunt big buck. Yeah. Yep. And that, I guess that kind of comes back full circle where kind of what we talked about, like they get the trail cameras and see the see the deer that are there and it takes more to hunt those bigger bucks yeah because yeah i mean you could sit in that i mean if we did the same thing down at the farm just sit in the red blind like yeah we might catch a big buck every now and then but if we don't change up our tactics a little bit yeah you got to change because they change a little bit too yeah i don't know how many how many deer i, sh I every year i shoot buck shoot a buck there shoot a buck there shoot two bucks there you know, I tell people, yeah, I know how to deer hunt. I've shot two deer and two bucks in one season. I've shot two bucks in one day, and I've shot two bucks in one hour. Yeah. But that was back when you shot. If it had horns, yep. you shot them. Yep. So I think I think people get caught up to it. I know I am, too. So. Yeah. Because yeah, I know. If you enjoy it, they will, you know. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, hell, I mean, a couple of years back, I, w I was struggling hunting state land just barely can see a deer and now it's my i keep getting better better being able to find the deer getting closer to bigger deer you learned on the farm what it takes to find that same situation on state land yep yeah i think that's helped too like yeah with doing the work that we've been doing down the farm doing the the work on you know clearing some of the trees out planting the food what i did last year with cutting out some of the old and dead and dying trees and I think seeing what that does and what they, you know, what they gravitate to has helped me, like you said, down the state land, being able to recognize 
areas that they want to be. Right, right. You know, just like if you sit down and talk to one of the bloods um, in Maine there, like they drive by miles and miles of woods because they're going where the deer are. Yep. And they know all this isn't what they want. They want to hunt there. We're almost done. Yeah. Because <laughs> they know what what, what holes big boxes are. They're not going to waste their time with yep. pieces of woods and fields that don't hold big bucks. Yep. You can spend a lot, waste a lot of time on woods that don't hold big bucks if you're looking for a buck or even any buck. Yeah. I'll even go as far as you can waste your time in areas where there's not going to be deer. Right. At all. Right. Some places deer don't iron around. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We're getting the luck. <laughs> yeah. I guess we better. But anyway, yeah, we have to have us talk with get some more we gotta hook up a couple more headphones and Corey and yeah yeah take this over to bob johnson sit down and talk to him with him yeah you know? yeah Especially i want to i want to get over talk here. to dick robotham too and is dick still around i never see him anymore yeah yeah, yeah. um ashley's him. friends with betty on facebook and oh okay she's still they're still around i've yeah. stopped a couple times and like do they go to florida in the winter time oh yeah that i don't know i don't know if they take off at all but yeah, as far as I know, they're still around. So, yeah. What we've talked about that, wanted to talk to some of the, some of the big time hunters that we've, that you've known and I've known, and yeah, I even think back about Dick Robotham let me hunt down his property, and I was like, God, like why didn't I take a better opportunity of that? Like <laughs> I could learn so much from him. <laughs> yeah. Well. Like, ah. Oh well. Yeah. yeah. At some point. You realize, hey, I don't, I don't know everything I need to know. I better start paying attention. Yep. These old guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It goes back like, God dang, Dad's right on this one again. Should, should, yeah. Because <laughs> I made mistakes and I listened to people that knew it. I was lucky. I had people that really knew how to hunt. Yeah. Were good hunters and good big buck hunters and. I, Yep. When Vernon talked, I listened. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've learned that lesson now that listen to those listen to the guys that have done it. You'll learn something for sure. Alright. Red two hour mark. Kimari right. gave us a look that yeah. I'm sure lunch is ready, so Yeah. We better get up there and eat. Yeah. Alright. Good talking with you, Ty. Oh yeah. yeah.